safe, safe part three. And safe is S-A-F-E, secure and firmly established, secure and firmly established. So we've been talking about safe, secure, and firmly established, Psalms 91. And Psalms 91, you may say, well, uh, let me just put it bluntly. Psalms 91 is conditional. Did you know all the promises are yes and amen, but they're conditional on us believing them? i say it again. All of the promises, even Psalms 91, is conditional. And people say, well, if I'm in Christ, it just seems like they ought to automatically come. They are automatically deposited into your account. But how I many you know you got money into your banking account? But if you don't make a withdrawal, that money does you no good even though you got it. I've said this illustration before years ago. I was just hiding a $100 bill in my wallet. So anyway, I hid it, had it hidden in there, and I remember we were doing something, and I, opened, I thought, oh, man, I didn't have the cash, and so I was going by an ATM, and right as I got the money out of the ATM, I drove away. It dawned on me, Mike, you had a $100 bill. What you didn't have, I went out of my way to the, go to the ATM, I had it, but didn't know I had it, and because I didn't act upon it or realize it, that $100 bill just didn't do me any good. That's a lot of the, I think there's people that do that, us. We do that when it comes to the things of God. We have things in us, and we don't know that it's in us, and therefore we don't take advantage of it, and therefore it's not manifested in our life. Psalms 91, the promises of God. Psalms 91, verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. So first of all, it says it's, it's got to be voice activated. I will say of the Lord. What are you going to say? There's a lot of people who say that the Lord makes them sick. There's a lot of people who say, well, the Lord is judging me. You know, I'm getting the judgment and the wrath of God. There's a lot of people who say a lot of things about God. You and I both have probably said things about God that are not true. You know, I mean, the, we just have. Well, I tell you what, I, this happened to me, so that's probably why this bad thing's happening to me, and God's getting after me. And um, don't get me wrong, I believe that God, the Bible does say that God corrects his children. But he doesn't correct them with sickness. He doesn't correct them with poverty. He doesn't correct them with anything that has to do with a curse in Deuteronomy chapter 28. You better know that. I said you better know that. That God is not going to correct you with anything from the curse. Because Galatians 3.13, that Jesus bore the curse for us so we would not have to bear it. Why would he pull something out of the curse that he bore 2,000 years ago to put back on you. Come on now. Amen? So uh, there's some things that you and I just need to say. I'm not saying, you know, if you want to be religious about it, you can. I know there's some people put down that, man, they want to read Psalms 91 every day. That's fine. I don't. But uh, I do know this. There's from time to time that you need to make sure that Psalms 91, you believe in that. Faith comes by... Hearing, hearing by the word of God. 
You know, they, they say a hurricane's going to, I mean, that's all in the news. It's going to hit Florida. It's going to be big. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be. You know, what we can't say, I'm believing that Psalms 91 is for me and my family. We're going to be safe. We're going to be safe. And uh, I just, I, I've said this before. I heard Andrew Womack say this many, a few years back. He said that uh, I am a germ graveyard. And when he said that, I just, that grabbed a hold of me. And I thought, man, I'm going to say that. I am a germ graveyard. When the virus touches my body, it, die, it comes on me to die. Viruses, plagues, sickness, and disease come on my body to die. Well, you need to say things like that. When we make the Lord our refuge and our habitation by trusting Him, by trusting God, taking our cares, our fears, our needs to Him, cast your care upon God because He cares for you. Man, and we all get cares. I don't care how religious, spiritual, whatever you are on a scale of 1 to 10 if you're a 12. There's times that you're tempted to get fearful. There's times to take hold of cares whether it's with your children, whether it's with your finances, whether it's with your health. That's the time you need to say, you know what, God? I'm casting this on you. And then 30 minutes later, you, you fill it again. You cast it again. You cast it, and you keep casting. It's kind of like when we go, I, we go fishing, and there's nothing on the end of my uh, hook. You know, I reel it and cast and cast and keep casting. And then finally, I'd say, okay, I'm done. You know, Melody enjoys to, to cast and not catch anything. I do not. That's why she's the fisherman in my family. I'm the one say, hey, you know what? I'm good. I'll just take a book. But uh, she enjoys just not catching anything. I guess that's just trusting. And I don't know what that is. But anyway, maybe that was a poor illustration. Just scratch that, okay? But... Uh, by having a revelation of where we are seated in Christ. Where are you seated today? If we know where we are seated, it causes us to believe that Psalms 91 is alive and well for you and me. Where are you seated? The Bible says we're seated right next to Jesus. But there is a loss of trust and intimacy that opens the door to guilt and shame. You remember the story of Adam and Eve? When they sinned, what did they do? First thing they did was they covered themselves with fig leaves or some kind of leaves, and then they hid. They hid themselves. However, because God loved Adam and Eve so much, he would not allow them to go uncovered. He would not allow them to cover themselves. He said, I am going to provide something for you. He killed an animal. And he took the, the skins of those animals and gave them proper clothing instead of leaves. Well, God still wants you and me to be covered. And he's provided covering for us. Psalms 91 is part of that. There is a covering for you and me. I'm grateful. Adam tried to do this on his own. Adam tried to take care of it. But God said, what you have done is not sufficient. I'm going to do something that will be sufficient. He's still doing that today for you and me. He's still saying what you can do is not going to be uh, sufficient enough. I have all, all of our sufficiency is in him. It's in him. 
So in verse 3, it says, Surely he shall deliver you. Surely. What does that mean? Man, there's no doubt on, on God's part. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. The snare of the fowler. What is that? That is a trap for the, that the enemy has set for you and me. Did you know the enemy has traps for you and me? And the thing is about traps is they're hidden. You know, you don't set out a, a, a trap and... Uh, for some kind of animal and, and, and paint it some glow-in-the-dark color so they can see it and say, put Paul here. Animals can't read, but if they could. I need to do better with my illustrations, obviously. But anyway, you, you get, if you're watching cartoons, if you're watching uh, the, the coyote, you know, he, he's, so maybe they can read because they have signs on... The coyote, but anyway, he, he will tell the bird that he's always trying to catch, which he never does catch. But he, he sets up these traps, and the bird, you know, the roadrunner, it's not the bird, it's roadrunner. Roadrunner, I couldn't think of his name, so I've, I got it now. But anyway, the roadrunner, how many know who roadrunner, let me just make sure. Okay, hey, this is a relevant illustration, all right. So the roadrunner tries to go up here, and it's got a bird seed, and there's some big hammer or something or a boulder up on top that, you know, when it goes empty, you know, it's supposed to fall on him. He eats up all the bird seed and, and goes and flies and runs 50 million miles an hour. And so the coyote, what does he do? It didn't work. So he goes and stands where the bird, which it's awesome cartoon. He stands right where, where the trap was, and then the boulder just falls on him or the hammer comes down and crushes him. That's God. God knows, okay, let me say, that's verse 3 of this chapter. That God shall deliver you from the trap of the fowler, from the enemy. He sets it up and he's like, even though there's a trap, it's not going to have any effect on you. It won't be sprung. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, go home and just Google and put on YouTube. The Roadrunner, and you'll watch that show, and I guarantee you there'll be one or two of these, or the, the whole show is full of those. 30 minutes of traps being set and him not getting caught. Verse 4, he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Melody talked about that scripture last week about the mother hen. Verse 5, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. These are powerful scriptures. The reason these verses are true is because of your heavenly father, of where you'll be in seat. This was given in the old covenant. And God was saying that if you look to me, even in the old covenant, I'll make it real to you. If he gave this in the old covenant, how much more real should it be to us in the new covenant? Hebrews, it says we have a new covenant filled with better promises. It's a better deal. Verse 8. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made. Why is all of this? Because you've made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. You, this is going to happen because you know I'm a born-again believer. I'm the righteousness of God. I am righteous before you, Father. And so you have one camp that doesn't believe that they're righteous. And so that camp 
How can you claim because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place? If the devil can make you think that you're not righteous, that you don't measure up, how can you be in that dwelling place that where you're supposed to be? But then there's another camp that believes I'm the righteousness because of I've been made that way, not because I have to act that way. I've been made that way, and because I've been made way, I'm automatically dwelling in Him because of who I am. He's my Father. I'm His child. I'm always going to be with you, God. I'm always going to be with you. Well, because you have made the Lord. That's a frame of mind. It's not just a a position in the spiritual realm. It's what you think in your mind. No evil, verse 10, shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. This is remarkable. This is God's promise that no evil is going to befall you, no plague, no sickness. You know what plague is, you know? Surely everybody does after COVID, you know, you know what a plague is. No plague shall come near your dwelling. You know, there's different levels, I feel like, of healing. I remember when being raised up in church that we had no clue about God healing people. No clue. We just prayed for people, and we would all say things like this. Lord, if it be your will, then you heal this per- person. You hear, hear things like that. And, of course, you know, I, as a kid, I, I never remember anybody in church getting healed. But I do remember one time, at least one time, that I got healed at home by my mama praying for me because my mom did believe in healing, even though it wasn't taught at church, uh, she was he- healed of TB uh, from um, watching Oral Roberts on TV. She was healed, and so she believed in healing. So one time I was super, super sick and uh, a teenager, and um, I wasn't living for God. So I can't say you know I was a good boy, and so that's why I got healed. No, I was so sick, and if and I was so almost in. Inco- Coherent that, you know, because if I had any kind of thing, I would probably take my mom's hand off of my head and go, Mom, no, just stop it. But I couldn't, she could have hit me with a sledgehammer. I mean, but I remember her holding my, my head in her lap, and I was so sick, so sick, so sick. And she sang some song that uh, Melly looked it up or, or whatever, it, where the healing waters flow. I don't even know how that song goes. To your advantage, because if I did, I would start singing right now. But um, she sang that song. She was praying for me and she, as she sang that song. And at the end of the song, I was 100% healed. And I thought, wow, what an amazing thing. So the, even though I, that happened to me, I had no clue about healing. And so later in life, you know, I, I still kept believing that, you know, healing is a hit or miss type thing. Maybe that was just the will of God. But, you know, the majority of time, it's not the will of God. And so there's times when you start when I I went to a different church when I was in the Air Force. And uh, I went to this church where they believed in healing and prayed for the sick. 
And so I found out uh, that you can be healed. You can be prayed for and be healed. So people like this pursue God and believe that God is going to heal them. That's usually a lot of the entry level of knowing that God will heal you, that people get sick. And so now we have to pursue God's healing to get healed. That's one entry level. And then the next step, a revelation, I should say the revelation, is that you get a revelation in 1 Peter 2.24 that by his stripes you were, which is past tense. It's past tense. Why is it word? Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid the price for your healing. And so you have a greater revelation of instead of saying, uh, I am pursuing God to get healed. You have a revelation of saying, God paid the price for me to be healed. And he has deposited healing inside of me, waiting on me to believe for that to be manifested and be healed. That's pretty good. But then there's Psalms 91, verse 10. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague or sickness, you could say, come near your dwelling. Now, that's a place where you never get sick. That's a place where healing comes knocking on your door, and there's nobody there to answer it but the Holy Ghost. You say, oh, pastor, I don't know about that. Well, that's fine. If you don't want to believe that, guess what? You won't, it's the $100 bill hidden in your pocket, in your wallet. You won't get the benefit from it. I would rather teach this and me believe it 10%, 20%, 30% of the time than never to believe it and it happens 0% of the time. Are you hearing me? So I'm presenting this truth, which is the Word of God, Psalms 91.10. I'm presenting this to you so that you can have faith for that. So at least that's something that, you know what, I believe this is something that I want to walk in. Instead of saying, well, that, that's impossible. Or to say, I, I, I don't believe that's true. And there's some people that's going to believe that. Some people that are watching or some people maybe in here say, I just, I just don't think that's possible. But this is the thing. As long as you keep hearing this. You know, Brother Hagin said this a long time ago. He said that uh, if you hang around a muddy pond long enough, eventually you'll slide in. So my point is this. You keep hearing this message and coming to this church long enough. You just keep saying that. And you can say no. You can say, I don't know about this. I don't know that, but you just keep playing around the muddy pond. Eventually, you're going to be wet. Eventually, you're going to have that... Oh, look at you. You came in. You came in. You're all wet now. Eventually, you keep coming and hearing the word of God and hearing that you don't have to get sick, hearing that it's God's will for you to be healed. I'm telling you, it's the will of God. Eventually, it will start changing in your mind even when you don't realize it's doing that. That's a good thing about God. It's not difficult or hard. I knew about healing a few years ago, but about... Six or seven, eight or nine years ago, because I used to say this in my mind, not out of my mouth, but I used to think it was hard to get healed. And I would say that to God. Why is it so easy to get saved, but it's so difficult to be healed? And the Lord said, if it's easy to get saved, 
and it's difficult to be healed, it's because that's the way you believe it. And then he showed me in Mark, when Jesus, he gave me that, that, man, this is why the word of God is so important. This is why you need to read it. It's life unto those that find it. It's life to you. So I was reading when Jesus, there was a crippled man. Remember they put a hole in the roof and let him down and he was crippled as four friends and Jesus said to him, your sins be forgiven you. And all the religious people were just like, what? Are you kidding me? You, who has power? He said, so you know that I have power to forgive sins. Which is easier? Which is easier? Jesus said. Which is easier, to forgive sins or to say, take up your bed and walk? So Jesus, hallelujah. He was saying to Mike Davis right then and there, which is easier, to be saved or to be healed? He says, it's the same. So he said, take up your bed and walk. The guy got up and walked. It's just as, listen to me, it's just as easy to walk in healing as it is to walk in the forgiveness of sins and salvation. But if you don't believe that, for years, decades of my life, the majority, majority of my life, it's so difficult, it's so difficult, it's so difficult. So guess what happened to me every time I got sick? It was so difficult to get healed. Why? It's because that's what I believe. So what are you believing? What are you saying? What are you thinking? Because whatever you are, that's what's going to be happening. And so don't blame God. Don't blame the devil. Blame the right person. Go in the bathroom mirror, look into the mirror. Love you. <laughs> Psalms 91, verse 7 and 10 backs us up. You know, it reminds me. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a Star Wars, Star Trek guy. I like all that. If you don't. Don't write me a nasty note saying that something's evil about it because I'm going to keep watching it. But anyway, uh, I love it when they say, when the enemy's coming in uh, or they, they think there's an enemy ship, the first words out of the captain, shields up. What does that mean? This force field goes around the ship and he shoots it. The enemy starts shooting and, and, and it just, nothing happens to it. Why? Because the shields are up. It's a force field. Psalms 91 is your shields up. So when you say with your mouth, you're just like the captain. Shields up. Psalms 9, the Lord is my refuge, my strong high tower. When you say like that, you're saying shields up. Shoot what you want. But no plague, no evil shall come nigh my dwelling because I got the force with me. I've got scripture to prove it too. <laughs> Psalms 3 3. Psalms 3 3. Are you ready? Look at this. But you, O oh Lord, are a. What? See, you are laughing because I said shields up, and God said, I said this way before Captain Kirk said it. <laughs> way before Captain Kirk said, But you, O oh Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and the one who lifts up my head. Wow, why do you have a shield? So when the enemy shoots the darts and the spears and everything, 
<laughs> it sticks in the shield, but it doesn't stick in you. Amen? Psalms 84, verse 11 and 12. You know, this is for people who want two scriptures. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Blessed is the man who believes that the shields are up. I'm going to say it again. Blessed trust. What does that mean? You know you can't see the shields. You know, when the captain says shields up, you know, they're looking out the window. They don't see the shields are up. It's a faith thing. They push the button and the shields come up or whatever, you know, Scotty does something. I don't know what happens, but something transpires in that there's an a, a, a invisible shield that goes around that. And they know that it's up, though, even though they can't see it. What's that called? Trust. You and I have to learn to trust God and believe that. And that comes over with time. You know, trust is something that's not automatic. It's a, it's a time thing. And so the more that you trust God, the more that you spend time with him, the more that you read the word and you believe what he says. You believe that the word is true. You believe in Psalms 91. Then you can start trusting. You know what? I don't see it, but I believe it. I don't see it, but I believe it. Real quick, Exodus 23, 25. You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. That word take in the Hebrew, and away, take away, means, listen to this. It literally means, I will turn off. I will turn off. So you could say, instead of I will take sickness away from you, I will turn off sickness in the midst of you. I'll turn it off. This is why Jesus never got sick. This is why Jesus never had to get prayed for for himself. He didn't have to do that. Why? Because he knew God turned sickness off for him. You know, if you read that book, Caroline Leaf, Switch on the Brain. Everybody should read that book. Uh, it's called Switch on the Brain. She says that she's a neurosurgeon, uh, a neuro, neurosurgeon, neuroscientist. And uh, her and her team discovered and found out that every, uh, is it chromosome? Every um, deep part of your DNA has an on and off switch. And your body has the ability to turn them on or to turn them off. So you have the ability that when sickness comes on you and it tries to, to attach to your DNA or to your body, to turn that off and sickness will be turned off. I thought that was pretty good. Verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Psalms 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around about those who fear and delivers them. What is that? You just trust that. You don't see you're an angel. You don't see it, but you just trust the God. You know what? I believe there's angels all around me. Verse 12, In their hands they shall bear you up, 
lest you dash your foot against a stone. Verse 13, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample under feet. You know, if you think about the lion and the cobra, you know, the lion is the king of the jungle. But the cobra, the snake, is one of the most deadliest things. There are certain snakes, I don't know if it's the mamba or whatever, there are certain snakes that they have no antidote for. You know why? Because if you get bit by it, you don't have enough time to go anywhere. You're going to die within a few steps. Did you know the king cobra can bite an elephant, and within hours that elephant will die? An elephant by a little slithery snake. This is why it says, you shall tread upon the lion. You shall tread upon the cobra, the snake. And this, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample on her feet. In Luke 10, 19, it says, Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Luke 10, 19. So you have the power to step on snakes and it not harm. And that's why the story of Paul, when he was making a fire, a, a poisonous snake grabbed on his hand and he just shook it into a fire. And all the people watching said, he's a dead man. And lo and behold, after a few minutes, a few hours, they said, oh, my, 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 my. It did not have any effect on him. Why? Paul knew Psalms 91, he knew that no cobra, no snake, no, I have power over the enemy. But you have to believe that. It's not automatic. You have to believe it. All right. Uh, verse four, Psalms 91, 14, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Do you know the name of Jesus? He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So our mind has to be renewed to this, ladies and gentlemen. So it's good every once in a while just to pull this out and start going verse by verse. It's 16 scriptures. And just believe that, you know what, this is true to me. And all of a sudden when you start believing it and, and trusting it, it becomes activated. It's pushing the button and saying, shields up. It's saying that I am protected by God's word. I believe the angels of God encamp around about me. I believe in the spirit of God. I believe in his word, and I trust him. But this is the thing. This is what happens. You say that, and you think you believe that, and then a sickness comes nigh you. And then... We are tempted to believe that it didn't work. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there now. I'm not going to go there now. I'm amazed at how people think that way about the things of God. But when it goes to a doctor, thank God for doctors, but they don't bat a thousand. You can go to a doctor and he, they think, mm, not for sure, so we're going to try this. We're going to try this method, and we're going to try this. And, and it, they try it, and nothing happens. You know, I've got a sister right now who's, they thought that she got, she lives in Florida, she got bit on her leg and, and swelled up and everything. And finally, got, she went to one doctor, and they put some cream on it. That didn't work. They did this, and that didn't work. And one of them said this, and one of them said that. Oh, it could be cancer. It could be that. You know what? They just don't know. 
but they, you don't give up, do you? Why? Because you want that pain gone. So you will go to there's another specialist, and you will go to another specialist. Listen to me. We ought to be at least that faithful with word. What am I saying? I'm going to keep hitting it. I'm going to keep hitting it. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep and keep and keep and keep. I'd rather go into the gates of glory in heaven saying, I believe your word and saying, I knew it wouldn't work. I don't know how you want to enter heaven, but I don't want to enter heaven that way. I just knew the word wasn't true. I knew it wouldn't work. Everybody's going to be looking at you like, say what? What are you doing? I'd rather be going into heaven going, I believe that the word of God is true. I believe God is true. Let a man be a liar, but God is true. Amen. Let's stand. Hallelujah. His word is true. We just need to believe that it's true. We need to renew our mind, cause faith to come alive, to be true. Faith. It's all about believing. It's all about each baby step. And don't think faith is hard. We need to start thinking differently. Faith is easy. I'm full of faith. Why? Because I'm full of God. I have enough faith to move mountains. If I have enough faith to move mountains, I definitely have enough faith to move sickness. I have enough faith in me to move any sickness and disease. You have enough faith in you to move any sickness and disease, to move any mountain, to make the mountain to be made a plain, to make the Grand Canyon to be filled, to make the crooked straight. You have that ability in you because of Jesus. Let me pray. Father, we just thank you for your word today. May it become alive. May it come so real to us that Psalms 91 will be a daily experience for your people, God. Because of the God that we serve, because of whose we are, we are your children, God. We have your DNA flowing in us, created in his image, in his likeness. So, Father, let that become a reality, a revelation to us that we may know. Paul said that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened that we may know. May we know, Father. May we not give up in times of trials and times of, of the rug being pulled out from underneath us, Lord. We can say, you know, that was a trap of the enemy, and I'm, I'm delivered from every trap of the enemy in Jesus' name. Amen.